Good morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Sandy Stewart, and I serve as a shepherd and deacon and the co-chair of the Green Earth Ministry in our congregation. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. O oh God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life. To serve you is perfect freedom. Guide us by your truth and order us in all our ways that, may, that we may always do what is right in your eyes. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his words, and our voice be raised in praise to the glory of God.
If you are able, please stand for call to worship. Psalm 105 says, O give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works God has done. Let us worship God. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because we do have faith in Christ, we can approach God with confidence. We all have something that may at this moment stand in between us and the full trust in God. So let us admit our sins and confess them before God. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden by our sins, and whose mercy and blindness of our hearts, cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and thoughts, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, Son, Amen. God is slow to anger. He is full of compassion. He forgives all who humbly repent and trust in his Son as Savior and Lord. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. <clears throat>
And now let us share that historic creed together as we confess the affirmation of faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let's just take a moment to greet one another in the spirit of the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Church of the Palms. And you, if you don't mind, please pull out those uh, friendship folders on the ends of the pews and sign in your name and greet one another um, by name after worship. And we also, we have several announcements. Hurricane Matthew relief effort for Haiti is still uh, being received and if you can please don't bring perishables I learned this morning that there are very um, limited refrigeration in Haiti at the moment um, there are numerous ways that you can help we can help um, there is a list of flyers that has um, how we can help so it could be obtained under the tree or at the front desk in the church office we have a very um, great privilege on Saturday. Uh, on October 22nd, we will be celebrating women in ordained ministry for uh, 60 years. It so happened that Margaret Towner, who is the very first woman ever ordained in Presbyterian Church, is here not only alive and well at 91, she is 69 going on, um, 91 going on 69. So Margaret will be our main speaker, and uh, the, those of us that you at least show that you love us, Lori Haas and Carolyn Wilson and I will be uh, also sharing our stories. And this is not just for women. Uh, you men are also invited to come and admire us. <laughs> and um, Alvada Adams will be at the table under the tree between services, and if you by any chance miss that, you can call, sign up by calling Albara at home or stop by the office and we'll take your name and your money as well. And Trunk or Treat is a really exciting program that Lori Haas started last year. A second one is to come on October, when, October 30th on a, um, in our parking lot. So you are welcome to sign up yourself and your cars uh, to participate in this trunk of treat um, program. This is for not only ourselves. Last year we have a lot. We had a lot of people from the neighborhood come and participated. And our last and best announcement is going to be given by Genevieve. Good morning. I'm so glad I was able to get Pastor Mini to let me have the mic. I beg 
Pastor Steve every week for my chance to speak, but he always says no, and I think I can't blame him. <laughs> Thank you, Mingy. Um, it's a huge honor for me to work with singers of all ages on a weekly basis, because they're all in a different place in their life journey, and each generation brings a different color to music. I have a heart for working with kids because they are so easy to mold. There is no limit in their desire to learn and to push themselves. And I have yet to find what is too difficult for them because they are always so eager to try new and harder things. Sarasota Young Voices Chamber Choir, as you know, has traveled quite a bit and has sung in many beautiful European, Canadian, and American cathedrals under famous composers. You have supported them so generously in their travels, and we're so grateful for the difference it has made in their lives. Our small but mighty group has earned a very good reputation over our 10 years, and as a result, we have been selected to participate in the Florida chapter of the American Choral Directors Association Convention in November. A huge honor, as only five choirs in the whole state of Florida are selected to perform. To give you an idea, a quick Google search gave me about 20 community choirs in Sarasota alone, and not including schools or church choirs, which are all eligible, eligible to be selected for this performance. Needless to say, we feel very honored uh, for, um, to be selected. We appreciate being able to sing a small part of our program for you this morning, but we'd like to invite you to hear our full performance on Sunday, October 30th, at 3 p.m. in the sanctuary. We will join forces with Riverview High School women's choirs under the direction of Mrs. Verdoni. They are bringing over 100 girls to perform with our mighty 17. It will be short enough that you don't miss out too much on the day. It's cheap enough, only $5, that you can still go to your favorite Sunday brunch place, and we know that you will be moved by, by our youth and their hard work. Sarasota Young Voices' name is fairly well known in the choral network across two continents. However, we feel sometimes like it is one of Sarasota's best kept secret. We'd love to change that and know that our girls are heard by our community. If you can come and bring a couple of friends, we'd be again so grateful. Tickets are sold under the tree today and in the office throughout the week. Thank you so much for your support and for your love of young people and music.
Let us pray. Gracious Father, you have made us for yourself so that our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We praise you, O God, and we bless your holy name, for you deserve all honor and glory and praise. We are grateful, Lord, that you have redeemed us through the sacrifice of your Son on the cross and that you are with us here now. We thank you for this church and how you are at work in so many ways in our midst, helping people and transforming lives through the ministries and missions to which we give our time, talents, and treasure. Those on this campus like Food Pantry, those in our community like Resurrection House, and those far away like the kindergarten in Kirkuk. We lift up to you especially this week the people of Haiti and pray that you will provide not only for their immediate needs for food and water, shelter and health care, and comfort for those who have lost loved ones, but that you will also bring stability to their nation and provide opportunities for education and work for the Haitian people. Bless them, we pray. We also pray for our missionaries in dangerous places where to declare oneself a follower of Jesus is to invite ostracism and even death. Please care for these brave saints and the flocks they shepherd. We come to you with our needs right here too, O oh Lord. We ask for your healing hand upon those of us with health issues, for your gracious provision for those who have employment and financial needs, your peace and reconciliation for relationships that need mending, and your tender comfort for those who are grieving or lonely. Thank you for the men and women in our military who put their lives on the line to provide for our freedom. Please protect them and return them safely to their families. Father, we pray for peace on earth in every country for every man, woman, and child. We ask for your blessings upon Israel and peace for Jerusalem. And we ask you to intervene in the affairs in our country to raise up leaders that will exercise their authority with honesty and integrity. As we draw close to the coming presidential election, help us remember that however chaotic the world appears, that you are in control and Jesus has overcome the world. And so now we pray the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now let us continue our worship with the presentation of our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Lord, we give you today what is already yours, a portion of what you have so generously given to us. Thank you for the opportunity to give, which we do with joyful and grateful hearts. May you multiply our gifts today as you did the loaves and fishes so long ago. Please use these gifts to grow your kingdom, bringing a rich harvest of souls for your honor and glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, and now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Miss Carol. <laughs> oh, one's already up there. <laughs> Look at you. Hey, have a seat. I noticed that there were some people. Can I see that? What do you have? That brought peanut butter. So this is so awesome. Our kids are helping kids in places they've never even been. It's awesome. Great. Yeah, keep it up. We've, got, we've, we've collected so much peanut butter. So some little kid is going to get that one little jar of peanut butter in Haiti, of all places. Okay, so, wow, a lot of kids. So I know most of your names here, but I, and, and, but I don't know everybody's name always. But I know your names are all different. Does anyone here, were you named after anybody? Or do you know what your name means? Raise your hand if you do. Well, did you know that when you guys were born, your parents thought really hard, I bet they did, really hard about what your name would be. You see, mom and dads, they think about, you know, what they're going to name their baby because they're, they're going to have that name for the rest of their life. They, all through school, all through high school, when they get married, they might change it a little bit, but they might have even thought about what your name would mean um, and who you, might, who you might develop into based on that name that they chose for you. You know what my name means? Carol means joy. And I love that about my name because it reminds me to be, to be joyful. So, um, so when they were considering your name, your parents, they might have thought that it would have a good special meaning. Some people actually name their kids crazy names, like Moon Unit, or um, there once was this Texas governor that named his daughter Ima, which doesn't sound so bad. Only thing is, his last name was Hogg. Her name was Ima Hogg. <sighs> I can only imagine all of what she had to explain when she get, went through school. She probably got teased a little bit. But, um, so names actually have special meanings. And, um, and so there's a story that we're learning about in the Bible about a woman, and her name is Hannah. And you know what Hannah means? Hannah means God is gracious. But I imagine Hannah was a little, um, she must have been wondered why she was named that because God, it seemed that God had um, de denied her of the very one thing that all she wanted in the whole wide world, and that was to have a son. She couldn't have, it seemed that she couldn't have a baby. And you know what? Back then, it was a blessing to have a baby, a blessing from God, and people in her family actually teased her that she didn't have a baby. One time, she was in the temple, and she was weeping and crying, and she was praying to God. She said, Oh, Lord, Hannah said, if you will look upon me in my misery and give me a son, I will present him back to you to be your servant all the days of his life. Well, there was this priest, his name was Eli, and he looked and he saw her lips moving, but he couldn't hear what she was saying, and he thought maybe she was crazy or that she was drunk. <sighs> well, e Hannah said, not so. Hannah said to Eli, I have, nothing, I have had nothing to drink. I am only pouring my soul out to the Lord. Eli could tell she was sincerely, sincerely um, praying to God. And he said, go in peace, and may God grant you what you have asked for. Well, guess what? God did grant Hannah's request. And the Bible tells us that Hannah gave birth to a son. And you know what she named him? She named him Samuel. Do you know why? Because Samuel means asked of God. Now, 
Hannah had made a promise to God, right? And because God had heard and answered her prayer, she was faithful to keep her promise so that when Samuel was old enough, Hannah brought baby Samuel um, to the, the priest Eli, and she, she gave him over to Eli so that he would work in the, in the temple with Eli and um, do the Lord's work. God is so good, and he hears our prayers, and he answers our prayers. Yeah. So sometimes we make promises to God like that. Oh, God, if, I, if, I, if you give me this, I'll just, you know, and what we want to do is, are we like Hannah in keeping our promises to God? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you love us and you hear our prayers and you answer our prayers. Help us to be like Hannah and keep our promises to you. We love you. Amen. Come on up. Bring your peanut butter. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some people think life is a musical. It is difficult for me to think about putting my own life into a song. If you sing like me, that is particularly true. And I'm so glad that SYV sings today and Chris played cello. Those are great treat. But now, Genevieve is kind enough that she has not tried to pay me not to join the choir. And I am also kind enough back to Genevieve by not offering to join the choir. 
One of the most lovable characters in Winnie the Pooh books is Tigger. That is spelled T-I-double-G-R-R, Tigger. Tigger is enormously full of himself and enormously grateful to be himself. He expresses his joy in a song, a very nice song, that I wish it was about me. It goes like this. The wonderful thing about Tigger is Tiggers are wonderful things. Their tops are made out of rubber. Their bottoms are made out of springs. They are bouncy, trouncy, flouncy, pouncy, fun, 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 fun. But the most wonderful thing about Tiggers is I'm the only one, I am the only one. Many of you know that. Sometimes simple facts tell a story that does not need a lot of elaboration. Here the facts in the story of Hannah in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Actually, Carol sort of told it very beautifully to the children and all of us. Hannah is a much-loved but childless wife, childless wife, in a faithful Jewish family in Old Testament time. The highlight of the year of the family is going to the temple, and her husband, Elkanah, gives each family member a gift with which to make an offering to the God in the temple. Hannah gets two shares because her husband loves her very deeply. But Elkanah has another wife named Penina, who has many children, so she gets many shares to offer to God at the temple. Penina always lets Hannah forget, not forget, how many children she has and how much she gets, or that Hannah has not given her husband an heir. In the temple, Hannah weeps and prays to God to a point that Eli, the prophet, thought she was drunk. Hannah was asking for a son. She promises to give her son back to God. Through the priest Eli, Hannah receives her promise from God. In due course, the child Samuel is born. When he is weaned, she gives him to Eli, the priest, to serve God. Hannah prays her song of gratitude to God for the promise God had kept, for the honor she has received in Samuel's birth. Our scripture reading for today is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my victory. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty ones are broken, but the feeble gird on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry are fat with spoil. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and rises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low. He also exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might does one prevail. The Lord, his adversaries shall be shattered. The Most High will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the power of his anointed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As years pass, God blesses Hannah beyond the original promise. God chooses to make Samuel a prophet and judge, 
through whom God speaks and ultimately through whom God anoints the great hero, David, to be king. Those facts continue our story for this Sunday. One way to think about this story is to look at the faith that Hannah displays. She has faith that her husband loves her. She has faith that God will hear her cry and that she is free to pour her pain and even anger out before God. She has faith that God will fulfill the promise he made to her, and she has faith that when she keeps her promise and returns her son to Samuel, her son Samuel to God, Samuel will be blessed. Hannah truly is a model for us in terms of what our faith in God could look like. It starts with our appreciation for the God who already places in our lives many blessings. For Hannah, that is a husband who loves her deeply. We are invited by God to trust his mercy and compassion at all times. We can honestly and fully lift our pain and anger and hope to God in prayer. Our faith shows itself in our listening to hear God's response, even if the answer is different from what we originally prayed for. Faith involves our trusting that God's answer is for our good, and sometimes that good will be far beyond our asking or understanding or imagination. Hannah never dreamt of her son to become the first prophet to anoint the kings of Israel. And our faith leads to our joyful gratitude for what God has done, is doing, and yet will do for us. Hannah teaches us that faith is not just to believe in God or in God's goodness, love, power, and mercy. Faith is the understanding that God, whom we cannot see, is more real than those we can see who cause us pain. It is trusting that we are important enough to God to raise our cries and requests for help. It is believing that God will make all things work together for our own good, even the small things that matter to us. Some of you may have heard my story. Before my first birthday, I became very sick. My parents then, just in their 20s, with their first child, were very afraid that I would die. They held hands and knelt down beside my hospital bed, and they asked God to let me live and let them watch me live. And if he let this child of theirs live, they were going to give the child right back to God for God's service. They prayed, and then God answered their prayers, and I lived. Their promise to God that if I lived, they would dedicate me to God, and God's service was real. So here I am serving God with you at Church of the Palms. Even given God's action healing me and my parents' promise, sometimes I wonder what chance did I have for it to end differently. And more importantly, what chance did you all, Church of the Palms members, have to avoid having me here? <laughs> what can we learn from God's story with Hannah and Samuel for God's, is God's story with us? We can learn that God hears all the cries and petitions we bring. This is a deep belief in the Jewish tradition and a gift from that tradition to our own. We see it in the Psalms again and again when the psalmist makes a request to God and immediately he gives thanks to God even before God has a chance to answer the request. In the parable of the persistent neighbor, Jesus in the New Testament teaches us to go on asking because God hears even if the request is not immediately granted. When God makes a promise, God keeps that promise always, sometimes in ways that far exceed our expectations. 
God's promises teach us that God, who is faithful in Jesus' life, is faithful still in our lives today. When we make a promise to God, we must deliver what we promised. As the story of Ananias and his wife show us in the book of Acts chapter 2, it is a risky thing to make a promise to God and not keep it. They promised, Ananias and his wife promised the proceeds of the sale of their, their property to the new Christian community, but then they broke their promise to God and they kept the money. They were struck dead. So makers of unkept promises, beware. While Hannah offers a deal to God, God does not seek Hannah's deal. What God wants is that Hannah accepts God's deal to her and keeps her own promise. God will be Hannah's and God will be Hannah's God and she, she and Samuel will be God's people. That's God's deal. The same is true for us today. God is our God and we are God's own people. God looks with favor on our keeping of promises just as God did with Hannah's keeping of her promise to him. Our thankful and worshipful praise of God is our appropriate response to what God has done for us. This is a foundational part of Presbyterian Reformed theology. Everything we do for God is done not to earn God's favor, but to express our gratitude for the favor God has already given us in Jesus Christ. Our worship, our care for one another, our obedience to the faith, our joyful proclamation of the gospel, our service given to others in Jesus' name, our love for God, and our love for neighbor, all are expressions of gratitude for God's holy grace to us first. Hannah's son, Samuel, grew up to be a ruling judge of the nation, directly speaks God's words to the nation, and anoints kings to rule the nation. Surely, Hannah was grateful for the high service to God Samuel came to give. But her song was for the blessing God first put in her life in answer to her prayer, the prayer for a child that she delivered with such passion to God that the priest Eli thought she was drunk, the prayer that God answered giving her a child that she named Samuel which means God has heard, a child that she returned as promised to God. Hannah's song teaches us to risk our faith and dares us to place our deepest request before God in prayer. It dares us to trust that God will hear us and that God's answer may be more wonderful than we expect or can even understand. In the power of the song, we get to hear witness to God's grace and love in our past, present, and future. If you are my Facebook friends, you will notice most of my daily mantras are my thanks and gratitude to God. Like Hannah, I am very thankful to God every day. I ask blessings to God and I make promises to God. Every day, I sing very loudly in my own house. And of course, you, some of you are thinking, oh, poor Will. <laughs> he thinks of that too. But nevertheless, I sing very loudly every day. Sometimes I wake up singing a hymn, thanking God for all I get to do in God's service and love. Today, I invite you to join me in joining Hannah in the Bible in singing a song of praise in gratitude to God for what God has and will do for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.
now go in peace knowing who hears you at all times. Your name is not that much different than Samuel's because God is hearing your prayers. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Thank you.